welcome back to church this evening. It's good to see everyone. Hope folks got out and enjoyed the sunshine a little bit. So for tonight, we'll go ahead and continue doing our popcorn uh, session. And tonight we do have uh, our guest pianist today, Miss Amanda. So she can play anything in the book is what she said. So we're, we're, we're ready for it. <laughs> I think there was a request not to pick Carter, though. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm just picking Carter. It's all good. But hey, we'll go ahead and um, open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll have a few uh, song selections. Dear God, I thank you so much for giving us another day, for uh, creating uh, even the, the very vocal cords that we have to, to make a joyful noise to you, God. I pray that you would uh, get honor and glory for everything that's uh, sung, everything that is said, and I pray that we would uh, worship you today. I thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if I want to go ahead and please stand. And Mr. Doug. Oh, boy. 128. Let's see. I sing the mighty power of God. I think I know it. Okay, thank you. All righty. And if you don't know how to play it, or if Miss Amanda doesn't know how to play it, then you can play it on the piano. <clears throat> All right, here we go. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowering seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command, and all the stars obey. Thank you for that one. That is a good one. 338. We know all the ones that are right around that. 320 to 380 range. You said 338? 338. <clears throat> oh, boy. <clears throat> Wonderful grace of Jesus. No, this is a good one. It just goes a little high. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Oh. <clears throat> well, it also goes kind of low, too. Uh, maybe that's a lack of my range, but let's just do the original key. <laughs> Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. How shall my tongue describe it? Where shall its praise begin? Taking away my burden, Setting my spirit free for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountain, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient grace for even me. Broader than the scope of my transgressions, greater far than all my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus. Praise His name. Thank you. That was a beautiful one. 420. All right, let's see it. Come into his presence. Just kind of a little, a little chorus here. Oh, this one's, this one's pretty simple. One bar. I, hey, Carter. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Single notes here. Key of C. This is great. This is great. <clears throat> I know. It's just a single note. It's kind of crazy. Alrighty, here we go. 
Here we go. Let's do the um, <clears throat> first and fourth verse. Come into his presence singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord together singing glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. There we go. Hey, Carter. Excellent job. Excellent job. <gasps> All righty. Someone else. Uh, we had two. Uh, Miss Lily, did you have one day? 572, and then Chloe will get you there. <clears throat> 572. Blessed assurance. We were talking about this one after lunch today. <clears throat> First person chorus. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Thank you. And that's something that we do need to, do need to think about. Are we praising our Savior all the day long? He's given us plenty to praise Him for. Even just the fact that He died for us, rose again, and offers us salvation. And gives us so many blessings. Thank you for that, Ms. Lily. And what was that one, Chloe? 147. <clears throat> How great thou art. Another good one. Uh, let's do the uh, let's do the third and fourth verse. How about that? Third and fourth verse with the choruses. <clears throat> you ready? Thank you. And when I think that God His Son not sparing sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross. My burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Last verse. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow In humble adoration And there proclaim My God, how great Thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee How great Thou art how great thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee 
Thank you for singing. You may be seated. Amen. I welcome everybody Sunday night. Real quick, a couple of prayer requests to keep in mind uh, that you'd be uh, continue to pray. Remember Brother Danny's surgeries this week, the 19th, and so keep uh, our, our assistant pastor, Brother Danny Beasley, in prayer for his surgery on, on the 19th. And then Teresa Turner, if you can lift her up. I don't know all the details, but she's at the hospital right now and uh, had, had fallen and has got pain again here in her side and uh uh, from her from her fall, maybe even before it, but anyway, just be praying for her as she's uh, getting checked out right now. I want to share something with you real quick. I was, I was riding down the road today, and it was just like God gave me a message. And Daniel five. It was a nice three point outline, and you know the the handwriting of God. You know, you know, we sometimes in our indulgences. I'm telling you what, and uh, our indifference and uh, and our irreverence. What is that the other one? I, I can't read my writing. I was going down the road. But anyway, <laughs> that was a good message this morning. Amen. Challenging message, wasn't it? And, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't take but allowing those little those little slips in. And so I appreciate the message this morning. Looking forward to tonight. Brandon, you come preach to our hearts. All right. not green. There we go. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for being faithful again tonight. I greatly appreciate it. If you have your Bible, are you thankful for it? Again, we talked about that this morning, about being thankful for the Word of God. Your Bible should be your best friend in this life, and I promise you it'll never let you down. And if you have your Bible, I would gladly encourage you to take it to Deuteronomy chapter number four. Deuteronomy chapter number four is where we'll be tonight, and I greatly, I had such a great afternoon. I, Somehow, some people knew I liked pizza. I got pizza this afternoon, and praise the Lord, your, your church and your members are so kind and so hospitable to me. I'm so thankful. Thank you all for all you've done and, and, and taking care of me, helping me, encouraging me. I greatly appreciate it, and praise the Lord for it. Right? Deuteronomy chapter number 4, when you find your place, would you stand with us tonight as we read the Word of God? Deuteronomy chapter number 4. And the Bible says in verse number 1, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I, which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish our right from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I commanded you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Piel Peor. For all the men that followed Piel Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should not do so in the land, whether ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great, who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon Him for? And what nation is there so great, that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law, which I set before you this day? Verse number 9, you need to take heed to this one tonight. Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. I'm going to read verse number 9 one more time, and then we'll pray together. Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. Let's pray together. 
Lord God, we love you and we thank you so much for how you impacted and helped us this morning. Lord, we are so thankful for the word of God that it would challenge us and that it would change us, Lord. And I'm asking again, Lord, that you would challenge our hearts once more, that we would come one way and we would leave differently. And that different way ought to be a Christ-honoring life. And Lord, I pray that we'd leave here changed and challenged from the word of God. Lord, I pray that it's nothing that I have to say. Would you, would you empty me of self and cleanse me of sin and fill me with your spirit, Lord, as we preach the word of God. May it be nothing I have to say, but not by thy spirit, saith the Lord. Lord, we love you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Tonight, the, the message is going to go a little bit differently because you must understand background to understand what we're going to get to in chapter number 4. So I want you to go back to chapter number 3 in verse number 27, and we're going to start there. We're going to give you some background, and, and of course, your pastor is going to love it. It is alliterated, so praise the Lord for it. I want you to see, number one, their past mistakes. Past mistakes in verse number 26, actually. Let's go there. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes, Moses is speaking, and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, Speak no more unto me of this matter. We're introduced to Deuteronomy chapter number 3, and, and Moses by name is the, first, is the writer of the first five books of your Bible. And praise the Lord for a godly man like Moses. Now, this was a man who was face to face with God. He was a man who received the Ten Commandments, and he was a man who was the leader and the foundation piece in getting the nation of Israel out of Egypt. He was a man who presented his staff before the Red Sea and it parted. He was a man who had the countenance of God on his life. He was a man who was a humble servant. And understand this, Moses, when he speaks, does not speak of himself. He does not speak of his agenda. He does not speak the words that flow out of him. But he is speaking what God has told him to speak to people. And when it comes down to this, he didn't speak what his grandma told him 30 years ago or what his mom and pop told him over dinner last night. He is always speaking what thus saith the Lord. And that should be a challenge for Christians today is that maybe our attitudes and our vocabulary ought to be that we speak what thus saith the Lord. And you see, he comes down to this problem that that's de he's dealing with here. God is bringing up some past mistakes. Moses was a godly man, we can agree. Moses was a man who was, who was high up in the hierarchy with God. And this was a man who was face to face with God. Wouldn't you love to be there face to face with Christ our Savior? But what happened was, how many of you know that Moses went into the land of Jordan? No, he didn't. The man who led the nation could not cross Jordan because he made a mistake. And he had some issues with God in his past. And he didn't get to go. God did not allow him to go for some things that Moses had done in his life. Did you know that you can do a lot of great things in your life and one mistake you make can hurt your future forever? And I've met a lot of teenage girls who made that mistake and it's hurt them in their life. I've met a lot of married couples who made a mistake that's hurt them throughout their life. I'm thankful God forgives, aren't you? And aren't you glad that Christ washes our, our sins away and, and we are white as snow, but sometimes our mistakes still have consequences and we can't run from them. But because he made some mistakes, God would not lead him over to the promised land as we're talking here in Deuteronomy. But that also leads us to the pivotal moment. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, look with me in verse number 3. It says, Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed from among you. So Moses was discussing his past mistakes. He, he discussed what he had done, and he tells them, listen, because I made a mistake, because I have fallen and, and, and cannot go over Jordan, you need to listen up to what I have to say. And Moses is writing and speaking to the nation of Israel here. And he says, basically, because I've made mistakes, listen to me. You know what some older people in our churches ought to do is reach our younger generation by telling them what mistakes you did and how they cannot do them themselves. That's how we need to guide some of our young people. He tells, he shows them that they would have a pivotal moment, a moment of decision. In your life, every single day, you have a moment of decision. You either wake up and decide, I'm going to go with Christ today, or you decide, I'm going to live unto myself today. There are only two choices. Understand this. In your life, you are either going upwards or downwards. In the Christian life, there is no plateauing. So in your life, you're either going forward or you are going backwards. One thing I've realized, once you stop growing with God, it's just like standing in a river. 
How many of you like fishing? I like fishing in the river. I don't catch anything, and I'm no good. I just like watching the water go over my knees and my toes. I just stand there with a little fishing rod. But, but, but your decision-making with God is similar to standing in a river. You will stand in that river, and if you stop going forward, you'll turn back about an hour down the road, and you'll realize, I started up there, but somehow I'm all the way down here. The river has taken me that far. And I'm telling you, if you are not going forward, you are always going backwards when it comes to your Christian life. He reminds them that they have seen life. You have seen, listen, if you have lived any age of this life, you have seen what this world has to offer. Do you really want it, is what he's saying to these Israelites. Do you really want it? Because if you truly want it, go get it. And you know what happens when you receive it. And these individuals that served false gods and false doctrines, they were destroyed by the Lord their God. How many of you know when you... When you give, when you serve or, or you give unto anything else but Christ, it always ends in, in failure. And it always fails. Because the men of the past served false gods, God ended up destroying them. This led them to a pivotal moment. Understand, if you will serve false gods and false doctrines, it will always end in failure. Sin always ends in failure. If you go with the world, if you go with sin, if you go with lust, if you go with alcohol, if you go with the world, it will always fail you. Young people, if you're in here, hear me clearly. I'm not that old and I'm getting, I'm getting there though, but I'm not that old. I can relate to y'all. Alright, I'm 21. I was a teenager probably two years ago. It seems like a long time. I can relate with you. Do not buy into the lie that Satan has anything to offer you in this world. Do not depart from what your parents are teaching you now. It is very important to do so. But if you'll choose God, if you'll surrender to Him and you'll do what He wants, there's success with God. Understand me clearly, unless you are in the will of God, you will never be successful to God. Unless you're in His will. So we see the past mistakes, the pivotal moment. We see a previous message in verse number 5. It says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me. After they regarded the pivotal moment, Moses tells them about previous messages. He's telling them that to possess the land, you've got to go with God. Well, you know what I've been taught? He tells them, he's basically saying this, I don't need a new way of doing things. And let me remind you, in case you wanted to change what you're doing, you don't need a new way of things. You do not need to grow up in the ideology that you need to have a smoke or fog machine up here and rock and roll kind of concert. Your flesh does not need to be tickled a little bit. I will take this book and my old Jesus any single day of the year. I do not need to add unto it. I don't need to take away from it. I don't need anything else. Listen, your Bible is still good. You do not need a new Bible. We don't need new songs necessarily that can tickle our flesh. We do not need more kids programs. We do not need more fog machines or rock bands. We do not need a new way of doing things. What we need and what we're missing is truly Holy Ghost filled individuals. That's what we're missing. You don't need something new. You need to go back to the originals and turn back to God. What he's saying is you need to keep doing what you've been taught, what you've learned, what you've grown up. And then it comes down to number four, and I'm kind of going quickly to give you background before we get to this. You see a personal mandate. Verse number nine is where we're going to hang out tonight. You need to understand verse number nine desperately. It says, only take heed. This is Moses speaking to the Israelites. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently. And if you don't do that, lest thou forget these things which thine eyes have seen, you'll forget if you don't. Unless they depart from thy heart all the days of their, thy life. There's a personal mandate. Understand there's some, some things here. He tells them you need to take heed to yourself. He says you need to keep your soul diligently. He makes this thing personal. How, read this with me. Grab your Bible. It says only take heed to who? Thyself. Not your brother or sister. Not your mom or dad. Not your church leaders or family. Take heed to thyself and keep whose soul? Thy soul. This is a personal mandate. Lest who forget? Lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy grandsons as well. This is a personal mandate. See, when God wants to deal with an individual, it is always personal. You've got to decide for yourself what you're going to do with God. Understand that because your grandparents grew up in a church and that you're raised in a church, you do not become, you are not born a Christian. You need to understand that because your mom and daddy lead in the church or they're a pastor or preacher, that does not make you a Christian. You must come to yourself and a personal mandate is given to you that you must accept Christ yourself. 
But I want to preach this message because we've gotten some background. I want to ask you this, a question. How is your memory? You think you remember things pretty well? How is your memory? Moses told the people to take heed to themselves. Moses told the people to keep their soul diligently. He says, you need to do this because you, I, don't, I don't want you to forget God, is basically what he's saying. You know what the problem people are having today is we have forgotten God completely. This is not, I, I'm talking about a corporate America and the world, but I'm also speaking of our church members today. They have forgotten about God's love that he would send his son Jesus. They have forgotten about God's plan that one day we'll spend eternity in heaven. They've forgotten that God is a real God. You know what happens today? Uh, we were talking about Disney Plus an awful lot today, and we were going to watch Frozen 2 or something like that. We were going to watch Frozen 2, but it didn't happen, and I'm um, kind of sad and kind of happy it didn't happen. I don't know, a little mixed emotions. But what it comes down to, our Christians and our nation today are treating God like He is a fictional fairy tale character. They are equivalating Cinderella and God when they think about the two. They are one and the same. And you want to know why? It's our parents and our grandparents have taught our kids and young people and younger generations to treat God as such. You know what's happened? We've forgotten God. You know how you forget God? You forget to go to church. You forget about your Bible. You forget about prayer. You forget about serving the Lord. You forgot about Jesus Christ long ago. See, you know what happens is we are living day by day without a thought towards God. There are Christians today who are going day by day without once thinking about the Savior. I'm telling you, I can't go a single day without thinking about my Savior. When you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you cannot help but talk to Him throughout your day. People are living in wickedness and rebellion. They are living a day by day in rejection and unfruitfulness. You know what? You, people are faithful to their jobs. And you ought to be. You're faithful to schools. You're faithful to the grocery store. And, and this comes along with, with, with wearing masks and the mandate of social distancing. See, if you, if you can risk going to the grocery store... If you can risk going to the schools, if you can risk going to your dad's birthday party or your grandma's family reunion, I'm sure you'll be all right risking it coming to God's house and worshiping him as well. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be safe and do it the right way, because we ought to. But don't let this pandemic be an excuse for you to skip out on what God has mandated as the fellowship of the brethren. They're going to their home every day. These individuals are living life normally. I know a lot of Christians who wake up, they go and take a shower, you know, get a little bubbly in the hair, and they, they go to work, and they work 9 to 5 or 8 to 4, whatever that you work. They come home, they make dinner, they watch TV, and they go to bed like clockwork every day. And we're living a life day by day like God does not exist and He does, is not real. I'm telling you, God wants to, He wants to impact every single minute and every single second of your life. He cares about the little things. He cares about the big things. If you're sad, if you're happy, if you're discouraged, or you need some encouragement, God cares about you. And He wants to be involved every single minute of your life. When you're washing the dishes, why don't you say, Lord, I love you. I'm washing some dishes. I can't get the, listen, my problem is I leave the dishes in the sink too long and then they get crusty. And when I was, when I'm living with my mama, you know what I used to do? I used to get cereal. I'd eat it and then I'd leave, there'd be some cereal on the outside of the bowl. You sit it in the sink, and then you pour water in it. And mom's like, why don't you, why don't you wash that dish? Mom, I gotta let it soak. It's gotta soak. Some of y'all been there before. It's gotta soak. And when it comes to these things, we, we're living day by day like nothing is happening, like nothing is changing. And I'm challenging you, if you choose to forget God day by day, you will slowly regress. And you'll go back to where you thought you'd never be. I've met many of Christian who never thought they would be as backslidden as they are now. Understand and write this down if you want to. If, you're not as if, if your relationship with God is not the closest it is right now, you're backslidden from where you used to be. If you're not the closest to God right now, you have backslidden at some point in your life. And that's a challenge to me as well. I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you when it comes to these things. So let me ask you, have you forgotten God? Or in other words, how's your memory treating you? Do you have a relationship with God? Do you have any access to God whatsoever? Or does He have access to you? Well, we have three ways tonight I want to give you, and I'm not going to be long. I know some of y'all said three points. Oh, goodness, I'm going to be here all night. Three ways. If you want to know if you've forgotten God in your life, there are three ways this passage tells you you can know. Number one, if you've lost your memory, how to know? Here it is. You have a forgetful mind. 
forgetful mind. It says in verse number 9, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. You know what? I work at a pharmacy, all right? I deal, I'm, in other words, my family calls me a professional drug dealer. That's what they call me. I work in our RU drug addiction program, and then I'm a professional drug dealer, all right? Maybe some of y'all figure that out later. But I deal with a lot of elderly patients, you know, the little walker elderly patient. And you know what I deal with them a lot is they tend to forget a lot of stuff. I have dealt with customers. I'll hand them their blood pressure medicine. There's your blood pressure medicine, ma'am. Three seconds later, what in the world is this? What is this? I don't know what this is. Some people have said, I ain't never taken this in my life. I don't know what this is. I ain't taking it. Ma'am, you've been on this drug for the last six years. I ain't never taken it. I ain't going to take it. And you know, these elderly patients, they have a forgetful mind. My great-grandma, before she passed away, had dementia, Alzheimer's. She, she couldn't remember. She had no idea who I was. Didn't have any clue. And she, her mind, she thought that the, the, the year was 2006 or the 80s. It would jump back and forth, and she had a forgetful mind. But the problem was, the Israelites, they kept forgetting. They, they would, here's how the Old Testament works. The nation of Israel goes up. They're on the mountain, and then they're back. God's got to smack them around, get get them in shape. You know, some of y'all parents know, get the belt out, get a little whipping, and they'll go back up. Then they go down and back up, and it's like this teeter-tottering life in the Old Testament. But you know what the problem was? They forgot about the Red Sea when God brought them through. They forgot about the manna from heaven. They forgot about the safety during battle. You know what the problem is? Is that Christians, we have forgotten what God has done for us. If you, you know, if you've lost your memory, if you have a forgetful mind, how do you do that? We have forgotten that Jesus Christ saved our soul and all God's people said, Amen. That Jesus Christ saved our soul. We have forgotten that Jesus made us whole. We have forgotten that Christ has brought us through every storm. If you're breathing today, God has brought you this far. You've made it. And without Him, you wouldn't have. We have forgotten that God protects us each moment. We have forgotten that God loves us. We have forgotten that God is even real. Listen, I never want a day to go by that I don't remember what Jesus Christ died for me because if I forget, it must have not have been a big deal to me. Some of you guys and boys in here can remember statistics from the 96-97 Chicago Bulls and you ladies might be able to know your grandma's recipes for some cookies. Mm. If you know it, you better tell me, bring them to me. And we can remember things that are important to us. And if God is important to you, you won't forget Him. But when it comes to the nation of Israel, they had quickly forgotten and they had a forgetful mind. What happens is, they had went through the Red Sea and in 40 days, boom, they're already worshiping an idol. I know Christians who get saved, they, they come to Christ and they're serving the Lord, boom, next week they forget all about God, they're back in the world and rejecting. And not even young Christians, I've met quite a few elderly or as I call seasoned saints or senior saints in other words, they will serve God their entire life. But when it comes down to the end, they'll just forget. How many of you know Solomon? He might have, he had a relationship with God in his younger days. As he got older, boom, it, pan, it, it vanished. Men, hear me clearly while we're on this topic. Anytime Satan has meaned to destroy a man, he sends a woman. Men, be careful with what you do with other women. And women, vice versa. Satan might send a man your way as well. They have a forgetful mind. You know what happens? When we forget God, everything changes. You ever been there? Any of y'all ever backslid before a little bit? I have. Guilty. Right here. Everything changes when you're not right with God and you know it. You don't have that little pep in your step. You don't have that joy when you wake up. Some of y'all wake up, you know, eye booger coming out each side. And you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to do this or that. You know what happens when we forget God? If you're doing this, you've forgotten God. When you no longer attend church, you've forgotten God. When you no longer read your Bible, you've forgotten God. Do you know how God communicates with us? It is through His written Word. It is no longer, Brandon, eat that pizza. It is now, Brandon, He reaches me through the Word of God. And you know how you talk back to God? Through prayer. It is a, it is a cycle that must continue to have a relationship with God. We no longer pray to God. You've forgotten God if you no longer have standards for your family or for yourself that are biblical. Sin doesn't seem so bad to us anymore. When you forget God, sin really, it ain't that bad. Well, that little sin, it ain't bad. You know, smoking tobacco, one beer wouldn't hurt. 
Oh, I'm not really, we're not even sleeping around. We're just hanging out at home. Ain't really that bad. See, when you forget God, sin really ain't that bad anymore, if I'm going to put it in those terms. And when we forget God, we tend to live continuously in our sins. You know what happens when we forget God? We crawl deeper and deeper into our wickedness. I've seen many a Christian, they keep just going. And you know it. You know what tends to happen in my church? Maybe, it's, maybe it happens here too. They're faithful all services. And then boom, they're not there Sunday night. Where's Susie Joe at? All right, another month goes by and boom, she's no longer there on Wednesday nights either. Well, where's Susie Joe? She's only coming Sunday mornings. Uh, she's not coming to Sunday school anymore, but she's only here on Sunday mornings. And then she's coming every other Sunday morning and then gone. You need to keep in mind, be watchful for your flock. See who's falling astray. And if you see them falling astray, you better run to them with a Christ-like meekness and you pick them up and encourage them to keep going with Christ. You need to keep your eyes out for people who are forgetting God before they're gone out of these doors. So we have a forgetful mind when we have lost memory. Number two, you have a forgetful mind when you have failed management. Failed management. Verse number nine, it says this, down towards the end of it, it says, Unless they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. You have lost your memory if you have failed management. It means this. You are not doing what you know is right. You are not doing what you know is right. Similar to the past story, we deal with elderly patients all the time at the pharmacy. And what I've known is, is when these, these elderly patients start to lose their minds and they forget, you know what tends to happen they don't know how to take their medicine anymore. They don't even know their address anymore. Uh, they start doing things that aren't normally like them. They, they may start, uh, I, I know that to, you know, like elderly people will put toothpaste in their food. I mean, if you know Alzheimer's patients, and when they get forgetful, they start doing things that they, you never thought they would do. And maybe they start doing things they never thought they would be doing in the first place. When we lose our memory and the remembrance of God, we have failed management. When a Christian forgets God, they do the exact same thing. When you used to dress modest, you now dress immodest. When you used to sing godly songs, now you sing Katy Perry. When you used to talk to God, now you only talk to your friends. When you used to read your Bible, now you only read Fifty Shades of Grey. When you used to speak godly things, now you curse. When you forget God and you have failed management, you are now doing things that you thought you never would. And you know you're not doing the things that you ought to. If you want to know if you've lost your memory, just look back and see if you know you're not doing what you should be doing. If you are doing stuff you know you ought not to, you've lost your memory. When a Christian forgets God, their standards drop. When a Christian forgets God, their joy fades when a Christian forgets God, their life is now pointless. Hear me clearly. Without Christ in the cross, your life means zilch. To this world, you are from a monkey, and a monkey is kin to you. And I'm telling you, you're no kin to a monkey, and a monkey is no kin to you. But with Christ, your life is priceless, and to the world, it's worthless. Understand that Christ gives worth to your life. And praise the Lord for it. When a Christian forgets God, they will now have a life of failed management. When you start doing what you know is wrong, you have failed management. When you stop doing what you know is right, you have failed management. You, when you have failed management, you have lost your memory. And lastly tonight, you know you've lost your memory when you have a false manner. False manner. Verse number 16, let's jump down. It says, Lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image the similitude of any figure, the likeness of a male or a female. The nation of Israel was turned to false gods and false religions when they forget God. Christians today are losing their memory. Understand this, when an elderly person, back to our, our picture tonight, is when they lose their memory, they start believing things that aren't real. They start be giving to things that do not exist. My great-grandmother believed that Barack Obama was still president when she died. My great-grandmother still believed that cell phones don't exist and TV doesn't exist. And if you've dealt with people who forget things, they believe things that do not really exist. They do not, they're not real. They're not alive in any sort of fashion. 
When a Christians forget God, they turn to false religions. When a Christian forgets God, they turn to idolatry. And we understand, idolatry can also be when you have a greed of too much money. Idolatry can be when you're taking too many selfies and posting it for your glory. Idolatry can be your cell phone that you worship more than you read your Bible. It can be all of these items. It does not mean you are bowing down to some statue. It is anything you are willing to replace with God. And I've realized a lot of people my age have replaced God with social media and, to, and for themselves to basically get the glory through their social medias. Now, when a Christian forgets God, they turn to idolatry. Now, people may worship... Listen, you can worship a cow that you think's your reincarnated grandma if you want to. You can worship a Buddha statue in their bedroom. You can worship a... You can spend more time on a cell phone with God. You can spend more time at the gym than with God. You can spend more time on Facebook. Listen, I don't need anyone and anything other than Jesus Christ Himself. And He is all that I need forever and always. And this old book will give it to me clear as gold. The most common idolatry today, though, is self-worship. Self-worship is your most common today in our American culture. It's all about your happenings, like you're the king or the CEO. I used the bathroom today. Click, 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 send. <laughs> Taking a selfie with my boo. Click, 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 send. I'm doing all these things. See, people have this idea that people really care about what's happening in your life. Some of us really don't. And so you probably don't care what I'm doing in my life either. I just went and got some cereal, pop up tweet, and things. You know what social media can and should be used for? Give God the glory in your life. You know, some of us are scared to witness face-to-face. Well, why don't you just use your Facebook to witness the gospel to your friends on your friends list? I have friends on my friends list on Facebook who are LBGTQ plus members. I have friends on my Facebook who support and are actively rioting in the Black Lives Matter movement. I do not unfriend them because I want them to see the gospel through me. I want them to see it on my social media. When you have false manner, you start believing things that aren't real. You start doing things. You know what I've realized is when people forget God, they seem to think all the time that someone in church hates them. You ever met someone like that? They always think someone in church is out to get them. Or they believe these false men. The pastor just hates me. I can't go to so-and-so. They're so mean to me. So much gossip and drama in our churches and congregations that are turning us away from God. So my question to you is, how is your memory? Have you forgotten? Because Write this down if you have a pen and paper. Your actions truly define what you believe. So if you say that you believe something and you have no action behind it, you don't truly believe it. Your actions truly define what you believe in your life. Now there's two ways to keep your memory, and I'll give these quickly because we don't need to preach on these all night. There's two ways in verse number 9. It says, only take heed to thyself. That is self-examination. If you don't want to forget God, you need to examine areas in your life that you are forgetting God. I'm asking you to examine your life. Be honest with yourself and God. Please be honest with yourself. Realize what you've been doing and turn back to God. Hear me clearly. When you you don't purposely remember God, you will always forget Him. You have to make an effort in this thing called Christianity. It's got to be an effort. You've got to make it towards that. And if you refuse to make an effort, you will fall by the wayside. Get up. Read that Bible. I promise you it'll help you. Get up and pray, even if you start strong. Prayer is like working out. When you first start, you can't lift heavy. And I know prayer, some, for some of us, it's hard to do, all right? We, but the longer you do it, the more you do it. It's like working out, the more you can do. I know people and preachers who have prayed for 10 hours, 24 hours straight. And to be honest with you, I could not do that because I am not that strong in prayer. And I challenge myself to be. Work yourself out with prayer. So have self-examination. And you need to have soul edification. It says, keep thy soul diligently. You must keep your soul, you must keep your mind, your body, and your emotion. You've got to keep your heart. My question to you is, what are you setting before your eyes? What are you watching on TV? What are you listening to on the the radio? What is it? My challenge to you, and this could be a whole different message, I want you to live your life as if Jesus Christ was physically with you. Now, we know theologically He is with us, that God is with us, the Holy Spirit indwells us. I want you to start living like Jesus Christ is physically here. Like me and Jesus are up here like this, taking a selfie together, right here. 
I challenge you to live this way, and here's what will change. When you go out to your car after church ends, and you turn up that radio, if you would change the radio station, if Jesus was physically in your car with his seatbelt on, it ought to change now. And if you wouldn't watch that TV show when you get home, if Christ was physically with you, then you ought to change it now. Live a life that Christ is physically with you and things will change in your life. So my question to you is, how's your memory? Have you forgotten God? Have you forgotten about God's love? Have you forgotten about Jesus or His plan for your life? Have you forgotten about the storms that He's brought you through? Are you taking God for granted? Because when you forget what He's done, you're doing just that. Have you forgotten about the Bible or have you forgotten about prayer? Have you forgotten about serving the Lord? And have you forgotten Jesus Christ, your Savior? See, people tend to forget things that aren't involved in their life. And when Christ isn't involved in your life, you tend to forget Him. And I challenge you, don't forget this week, purpose in your mind and heart, I'm going to walk with my Savior every minute of this day. I'm going to be with Him every moment. And I'm not going to forget. When I, when I make decisions about my kids... I'm not going to forget God when I make a decision. When I make a big purchase, I'm going to give God the glory in that purchase. When I go to church, I'm not going to forget God. I challenge you, never become a Christian who forgets God in every action. My family members, my friends, my loved ones, many of them are saved. But sure how they have quickly forgotten God in their actions and their beliefs. And I've watched my family members, I've wept at the altar for my family members because they are broken and they have quickly forgotten everything that God has done. Have you forgotten God? How is your memory tonight? Let's bow in for a moment of invitation. As a piano player, would you, would you come this evening? I want you to ask yourself this as the piano player is coming. Is there an area in your life that you have forgotten God in? It could be your family, your marriage, your church, your decision, your finances. Every single area of your life you can forget God in if you're not careful. Just ask the Lord, what is it? If there is anything, what is it? I challenge you to ask yourself that tonight. Just be mindful of the Lord and make decisions that would please Him. If you've forgotten something, and you have an area in your life you know that ought not be there, I challenge you, would you get it settled tonight? You don't have to come forward. You can deal with God in your pew. But I am challenging you, if there's something, and I bet there is in every single one of us, myself included, that we would get it settled tonight. Spend some time with the Lord tonight and get it settled. How is your memory? beautiful, wasn't it? Amen. Sometimes I just love to listen to the listen to the monitors and just listen to the piano. Just play. Sometimes I think it's just as pretty as uh, having a full song and so forth at the invitation, and just to sit back and reflect and meditate on what we've heard. And I loved his line: "Your actions truly define what you believe." And I guess I've always said it this way: We will behave what we truly believe. And let me tell you: When the press, when you're put in the press, when the stress comes, when the 
the tough times come, the hard decision points come in your life, uh, you, you you kind of find out what you really believe. You know, it's easy for us to talk Christian talk, and uh, uh, but it's those times we'll find out what we really believe. It may, and I pray it won't be a time that you forget God. I pray it'll be a time that you realize that He's everything. Uh, we're to love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and you know that's the greatest commandment there is. And of course, love our neighbors ourselves. And Brandon, well, thank you for a great day, brother, and a good job. And uh, and um, certainly challenging messages for all of us and uh, I appreciate your willingness to come serve with us today and so I'm going to invite you my friend if you'd head to the back and so folks can give you an elbow or something on the way out and I don't know what we do in the social media age it's a good thing or in the social distancing age whatever we call that uh, it's a good thing because our folks are huggers so you probably get hugs but you're not getting any night I might give you one but other than that no, but anyway <laughs> But anyway, uh, glad to see everybody here. Listen, uh, quick announcements. Continue to pray for Danny. We mentioned that, and, and Teresa Turner as well. Tuesday night, I uh, invite you to come and start a new series. I'm going to be teaching on Tuesday night, and we're going to look at, I don't know which one I'm doing where, actually, right now. Finances is Tuesday, I believe. Is that right? Uh, so, uh, hey, listen, that's not going to be where you come in and I'm going to beat you up on tithing. That's not the series, okay? Uh, it'll be in there, obviously. It's part of it, but... Uh, but it's going to be how uh, biblical principles for finance, uh, investing, things like that in your life. You know, the Bible says a lot about it. And I want you to make good, wise decisions. Can I, I want to encourage our young adults in particular because you're at an age where you can really make an impact by making wise decisions. Uh, some of us that are a little bit older, <laughs> getting older every time, right? Uh, you know, we're, we're, we, don't, we can't do as much as you could have if you were younger in making wise decisions but we can all make wise decisions in that area and so some biblical principles on finance we'll start that and then uh, i invite you of course sunday school i think did we get that announced this morning we'll go back to a joint sunday school uh stay in the big room because of all the all the COVID stuff but we'll start that up on sunday morning i'll be teaching there on some principles on spiritual leadership uh probably the one of my top five books i've ever read i'm going to borrow a lot of it uh, from a good friend of mine, Kenny Kukendall, and and uh, but just uh, just uh, just uh, it, it'll help you. You know, every one of us are spiritual leaders. Do y'all know that? If you're saved, you're a spiritual leader. And so the challenge will be is uh, the challenge will be a uh, let's put some principles in place that'll help us be better servants for our Most High God to those around us that have needs. So so that's some upcoming things. Let's pray tonight. We'll be dismissed. Father, what a what a privilege it is again to assemble tonight. Lord, thank you for just uh lord always meeting with us want to thank you for brother brandon lord and pray just specifically for your guidance in his life lord where you'd have him i know he's plugged in and serving there at open door baptist but uh lord and that may be where you want him for the the length of his ministry but lord i pray you'd open every door that he needs and work to get him to get your man where you want him to be to serve you all of his days lord thank you for his faithfulness in the word of God and to proclaim it, Lord, and pray you bless him uh, as he continues. And, Lord, I just want to thank you tonight that we can we can come in here again free in this country to assemble and worship. And, uh, Lord, I don't know how long that will last, but, Lord, we're so thankful for it today. Thank you for all those that have served that provide that freedom tonight, Lord. Thank you for our, our president. We'll pray for our leaders, Lord, that you'd, uh, you'd give them wisdom to make wise decisions, Lord, that would lead us on biblical principles that would make our country a god a country once again that fears god that uh that lord that makes decisions based on uh the principles of the word of god and we just ask for that lord I want to pray tonight specifically for brother danny's surgery lord i pray it would be a, again the best surgery that this surgeon's ever done lord and for a quick and a speedy and a full recovery we'll lift up Teresa tonight lord there at the hospital don't know the details there but we're asking lord for a quick return a quick healing a quick recovery and uh just asking you to supersede that as only you can thank you tonight you are our healer thank you tonight you're our savior thank you tonight for your death your burial your resurrection it makes eternal life possible for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord dismiss us now with your blessing lord give us a, a great week a week of protection around our families lord and a week where you put folks in our path that need to hear the wonderful truth of the gospel help us be bold and spreading it in jesus name amen god bless you